ESPN Radio. years I've been on radio I like to feel like I'm a beacon of light I'm a positive person I find the good in everything but maybe there's a transformation coming for me maybe I've gone full heel because at this point it's hard not to see some things that roll my eyes and today I am rolling my eyes at the NFL for making an unnecessary and in my mind stupid rule change it's ESPN radio the ESPN app Sirius XM channel 80 ESPN plus I'm Jason Fitz hanging out uh, obviously over the next couple of hours uh, hanging out it's gonna be it's gonna be different we're gonna be you're used to hearing me on Spain and Fitz that does not uh, that's not what we're gonna do today instead we are gonna do something incredibly fun we are gonna have a wild time. Amber, we've worked together one other time, or is this this is the second time we've gotten to hang out, right? So are Sounds you ready right. for my level of wild chaos? Because I, I, I know you, and I've been listening to you this week, are always super happy and super positive also. So Amber Wilson, by the way, uh, are, are, you, are you ready for me to bring the thunder down here? I'm buckled up and ready to go. I, because what do you have? I, a terrible I don't want, take about the uh, overtime yeah. rules? Yeah, overtime rules didn't need to sure change in the coming. NFL. It just didn't need to change. Nothing had to change here. And now what we've done is we've made change for the sake of change, just so that a bunch of owners can sit around and say, look, guys, we took care of the overtime rules. Now everybody's going to get a possession. If you haven't seen the, the change, the change that was brought in was that both teams were now going to get a guaranteed possession in the postseason only. So if we get to overtime in the Chiefs and the Bills game, the Chiefs would get the ball, the Bills would get the ball, and if it's still tied then, it would go to sudden death. Amber, to me, this is stupid, it's unnecessary, and it just delays the inevitable because all we're going to do is say, oh, now what, when they both score or both don't score and the next person wins? The only thing that's wrong about this change coming to the overtime rules is that it's only coming to the postseason. The only thing that would have made this better is if it was it was attributable to the entire regular season as well, Jason, because it's not a necessary change. It's a completely necessary change. The entire world was calling for this change after what happened to Josh Allen with that Bills game. We love football, Jason Fitz. America loves football and what could be better than more of it and more offense and more opportunity and I spoke to Mina Kimes on this show yesterday and she said when this rule change was proposed and there were several of these rules changes proposed as they pertain to overtime in the NFL by various teams in the NFL so everybody was trying to address this problem so obviously it was a problem that does exist but when she saw this specific proposal she said you know people always say who have the Jason Fitz perspective don't fix it. It ain't broke. People always say just play defense. But the truth is that not both teams get an opportunity to play defense. Only one team is out there getting that opportunity. This at least evens the playing field initially. Everybody plays defense. Everybody plays offense. And we all win because we all get some more football. But what happens when everybody plays defense and offense for 60 minutes and then everybody plays defense and offense for one more series and then we go set and death. That's why I don't think it's a solution because I'll go back to is uh, everybody still crying about the Chiefs and the Bills and the way that game ended. I, I keep looking at it thinking both defenses were gassed. So what's going to prevent us from having a touchdown and then another touchdown and then you go back and get the next touchdown and all of a sudden that's the line? Like the invisible line in the sand wasn't the 60 minutes. It was the 60 minutes plus one possession each? 
But who doesn't want more touchdowns, first of all, from Patrick Mahomes and from Josh Allen? Like, who is that hurting that we get more touchdowns? But, yes, at some point it goes to sudden death. We do have to find a way to end the game, I suppose. But your solution is to just have more sudden death, essentially. Uh, Like, have sudden death sooner, even if we end up with sudden death. Like, you you feel like sudden death in this scenario is a problem, so you want to obviate that problem by just having sudden death initially. And I don't understand that train of thought. Because okay, first and foremost, you're not allowed to use words like obviate. Uh, Amber, brilliant, uh, by the way, me, not so much. So, uh, But, you know, what? Uh, thanks to context, I can figure out what you meant by it. Thank you, America. But I will say this, Amber. Like, to me... The the problem isn't sudden death. Uh, I, I don't love sudden death, honestly. I, it's not my favorite thing, and everybody knows my Raiders fandom. I remind everybody that the Raiders lost the tuck rule game in overtime without their offense touching the ball. I've felt this to my core as a fan. The problem is if you hate sudden death, how does this actually eliminate it? All it does is delay sudden death. So this is like knowing that, that there's going to be a terrible ending to something and you're just postponing it for a few minutes. Either go for a full another 15-minute quarter or go sudden death. But d- delaying sudden death is only just putting a little pad behind it. That doesn't fix anything. But what happens at the end of another 15-minute quarter if nobody scores or if everybody scores the same amount of points and are going to another 15-minute quarter? Like, at some point, we're going to have to end a game in a way that everybody hates, right? It, it, assuming that everybody scores. And, like, at some point, it has to go to sudden death. Or it has to go to a tie, which everybody hates, which we've seen during the regular ties. season. Ties are fine. Not in the playoffs. You can't have a tie. But I'm good with ties in the regular season. So, you play ties? to a draw. Yeah, you play to a draw. It's okay. What? Who wants to play to a draw? How is that fun for? How is that okay? How is that fun for anybody? Who has ever gone out there on any field or any pitch and said, "You know what I want to do today? I want to tie." Well, nobody ever goes out there and says that. By the way, we're giving you some straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. In case you can't tell, Amber Wilson, Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio, uh, presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, to me, uh, the tie is not ideal. No, I mean nobody sits there and wants a tie. But I can look at it also and say, hey. If you played through this entirety of an extra period and it came down to a tie, then that's just the way it went this day. And a tie, as I remind everybody every year, is better than a loss. Like, we all talk about how gross a tie feels, but it it, it can get a team into the playoffs instead of taking one on the chin there. So I'm not anti-tie, and I'm not pro-sudden death. I'm pro-solution. And for me, and, and I think, you know, given uh, how how legal background, the legal background you have, I think you'll appreciate this. Like, for me... I look at everything as a worst-case scenario. Like, So what's the worst-case scenario that we're now circumventing by making a rule change? And that's, that's such a part of my logic. So I look at all of this and say the worst-case scenario is, like I said before, we just delayed sudden death, and then everybody's going to yell about it again, and we're going to sit here and say, well, that's because you didn't really solve the problem like the games don't have to have an inevitable like look at hockey NHL games will go how many overtimes in the playoffs and they'll just do that until they have to like they don't just suddenly go to the shootout in the playoffs because they need to keep fresh legs I I I think you can have that that full extra quarter or you can just decide that that's going to be one and done I have been surprised that the owners wouldn't consider going to this rule or just generally more football during the regular season. Apparently, there's a lot of resistance 
to instituting this kind of rule in the regular season, which is why they're maintaining sudden death right away in the regular season. And I've been surprised at that position from the owners because why don't the owners want more football? Now, I think what you're suggesting with another quarter and then what? Like we add another quarter onto that and another quarter onto that. And and I think that could be droning because, of course, nobody wants to go out there and watch really, really tired NFL teams at that point, not score any points, and we're all sitting through it. And that's probably not good for the product. But I am surprised that they would be resistant to more more opportunity, more touchdowns from Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes since we keep going back to that game throughout the regular season as well. This at least gives us that in the interim. So I understand what you're saying, that eventually we may still get sudden death and maybe we'll get it more often than not. There's not that many scenarios where there's been tons of controversy around the overtime rules, frankly, but we're so fresh off of a very controversial one in a postseason. And so I understand the importance of the postseason that they're placing. But there's got to be a way to end games at some point. I'm surprised the owners, frankly, agree with me there. If I'm an owner, I probably don't want to ever end the game. Why not? Like, let's just keep racking up more money and more dollars, more eyeballs on my sport, and more people buying beer in the stadium. But from the fan perspective, at some point, it's got to end. It has to end some way, and there's no easy solution to that Ever. People love shootouts in soccer and yet still complain about the unfairness of them. She's Amber Wilson. I'm Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio. Uh, Amber, uh, you know, I, I this year have many times referred to myself as the Giannis Antetokounmpo of ESPN because I love to use the word tinkle. So, you know, I tinkle, Giannis tinkles. That makes me the Giannis. I found out today that I might actually be, are you ready for this? The Mike Tomlin of the ESPN world because, you know, Mike and I got a lot in common when it comes to uh, never losing. I don't know. I can't get there. But I can tell you that this is what Tomlin said Monday at the NFL meetings about sudden death. To be quite honest with you, I'm a sudden death advocate. I'm a traditionalist. I don't fear sudden death and I never have. Uh, But obviously I lost that battle a decade ago. (laughs) But my position remains unchanged. (laughs) I am one of the few sudden death advocates I would imagine. Me, you want to call me Tomlin for the rest of the show? I, I mean, neither, I feel, neither you nor Mike Tomlin have ever sounded older. That's what I'm <laughs> going to chalk this up to. Just so old school. That was the most Mike Tomlin of all Mike Tomlin bites, right? We also found out that Mike and I both share another quality. He has a great laugh. You know, that's a, that's a, all I'm saying. It's a, it's ESPN Radio. I'm Jason Fitz hanging out with Amber Wilson. And that wasn't the only big news that's come out of the NFL. The owners' meetings always bring opportunity for change. And with everybody coming together, one thing that we knew they'd be looking at, Amber, was the Rooney Rule. And the NFL has decided to expand the Rooney Rule in a couple of ways. One, Now they are including women, and I should uh, stress this, they are including, not replacing, they are including women within the Rooney Rule. So interviewing a woman is not a requirement in and of itself. It can be included in part of the Rooney Rule. Also, within the Rooney Rule, they decided to make an expansion that will uh, require every single team in the NFL as a mandate to hire an offensive assistant coach, must be on that side of the ball, that will be paid at least in part by the league that satisfies a Rooney requirement. So uh, a minority or a female will have to be added to every single staff as a mandate as part of this requirement. And 
you know, this is tough for me, Amber, because I, I absolutely have long been a supporter of what the Rooney Rule is trying to accomplish. I think diversity is important, and I think it's important for the people making decisions to be aware of diversity so that their, their network opens up to find the absolute most qualified candidates. But I don't know how you are finding the absolute most qualified candidates if at the same time you are mandating somebody be added to the staff. Like, I, I don't like this at all. This situation makes me uncomfortable as well. Now, I understand that it's at its inception with the Rooney, the Rooney rule at its inception was well-intentioned and this feels well-intentioned at its inception as well. And it feels like they're trying to circumvent the issue of sham interviews, which was brought up in the Brian Flores lawsuit, which we know fits has been an issue in the NFL where a lot of these NFL teams, they already have in mind who they're going to hire probably before they do any interviews, frankly. And then they go down the interview process because the Rooney rule exists. And then it leads to minority candidates feeling like their time is being wasted because they're not going to get hired for the job either way. The Rooney Rule was supposed to introduce a whole new pool of candidates to ownership and to front office brass. But what it has done is wasted the time of a lot of potential candidates as well. And so there's a lot of frustration due to that. And that's completely fair. And so I guess this rule is trying to circumvent that by saying, okay, well, now you don't just have to hire a minority or a woman here, or you don't have to just interview a minority or a woman. You actually have to hire one. So now we won't have any sham interviews because there is going to be a job in place there. It's well-intentioned. I think it's incredibly problematic. As a woman, I would never want to hold a position where people are looking at you and saying, you're only sitting there because you're a woman. And that's what essentially this is going to lead to, right? Where it's almost degrading in a way to the hires because people are going to know essentially it was a forced hire. And so I think that's the concern here. Well, and and I'll go a step farther. How the kind of respect you get in the locker room, the way your peers view you, I, I don't care what you do for a living. If everybody knows that a rule like this is in place and somebody from the team is being put in specifically to satisfy that rule, it can create some sort of a strange vibe with everybody. And uh, look, I, part of the thing for me, and, and I've talked a lot about my classical music background, you know, in, in classical music, you stand behind a screen, you audition, you're given a number, and at the end, you're given a score. And you either won the seat or you didn't. Doesn't matter what you look like, doesn't matter your age, your gender, where you're from. You, you got a score, and that's what gets you the opportunity. That's the meritocracy. I, I, I love the concept of but also, in all my years touring in country music, there were times that musicians would quit. And the first thing you do when a musician quits is you go to your phone and you figure out, okay, I suddenly need a guitar player. So I'm going to round up the most guitar players I can put in a room to do auditions to find the best one. The purpose of the Rooney Rule that I think could have even been beneficial for me when I was in a position as a musician hiring was I could look around and say, hey, I've got to fulfill certain requirements, which means if I don't know people that look a certain way, if I don't have representation, it forces me to go out and say, hey, how do I find that? How do I widen my circle? How do I make sure that I find better guitar players uh, that can fulfill these obligations? I think there's so many wins from that in concept, right? But if all of a sudden they come in and say, great, we need a guitar player. By the way, that person has to be a diverse hire. Now you've suddenly cut out an entire chapter of, of a group of people that could be very effective of what they do. So there can grow animosity from other people feeling like they're not getting those rightfully respected moments too. So like none of it is easy and I don't have a better solution. But if you're requiring a hire based on the way someone looks, that to me is not progress. 
The reality is that in most businesses, connections matter a whole lot, right? And a lot of life is about who you know. And so the problem is if you're limiting yourself to who you know, you're missing out on a whole pool of candidates that might be a whole lot better than who you know. And so it's how do you break people out of that? How do you break through the old boys network that existed for so long in the NFL? And so that was the purpose of the Rooney Rule. If we put people in front of them, if we if we require them, like you said, to go outside in, in terms of the pool of candidates, then they will be more likely to hire because, of course, also it's going to help the product. It helps everybody when you're pull, pulling from the biggest pool of candidates that you can find. How is that not going to help? Of course it's going to help. If you if you interview 2,000 people, it's going to be better than if you interview two by the time that you hire somebody. It's just most likely that you're going to get talent and that you're going to get qualifications that maybe you never even anticipated in a limited pool. And so that helps everybody, certainly helps the product, helps winning, helps everything involved with the NFL. But it hasn't always worked out in terms of the actual hiring. And I don't know the easy solution there. But now mandating the hiring, Jason, it almost feels like we're going back to a limited pool again. Because now I'm just choosing from this pool of candidates over here that are minorities and women over here. And I'm limited again. But also, I'm limiting myself in a way that people are going to think whoever I hire for this position now is only getting the job because of the way they look or because of their gender. And that seems problematic for the candidates that are so deserving and so talented, where then you're going to have a great candidate in place, but everybody's always forever going to look at that person and say, well, you're only there because you're a woman. So how is that woman then going to get a job as an NFL head coach? The whole reason they're mandating this on the offensive side of the ball is because that's where the majority of head coaches have come from, is that side of the ball in recent times. And so you're trying to mandate this in a way that you're going to eventually elevate one of those candidates into a head coaching position, except for if everybody thinks those candidates got the job just because, then it's going to be hard for people to ever hire them as a head coach. And I think we're going to be back right where we started. So well-intentioned, and I don't know the solution, and this is the problem. I credit the NFL for trying to find a solution, but I don't think that this is it. Yeah, and I got to say it loudly. I don't think you have to know a great solution to know that the solution you're facing isn't a great solution. I, I just think that's the truth in life. And realistically, again, as a Raiders fan, all I care about is does my favorite team win football games? I don't care what the coaches look like. I don't care where they're from. I don't care what their background is. I care about can they coach and get the best out of the guys in the, that are in that locker room. That's all I care about. I want to believe everybody's in that same circle, and I want the league to get this right. I'm just not sure they did. That's some straight talk. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. You guys can get in on the conversation, too. Uh, 1-888-SAY-ESPN. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. I want your thoughts on the overtime rules. Did the league... Get it right. Is the NFL doing the right thing with the new overtime rules? Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Let's squeeze one in real quick. Corey in Connecticut, thanks for calling the show, man. What do you got? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you, brother. What you what you think? I just think, you know, so first off, every other sport besides soccer is pretty much a sudden victory. And the NFL kind of had that going with, you know, you score a touchdown and you win. With this new Bills fiasco, um, I think it's it's just leaning closer to soccer. It's everyone gets a trophy, you know, type stuff going on in the world. Everybody, it's got to be fair, blah, 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 blah. The point of overtime is to end the game, you know. The Bills just played a whole 60-minute game. They gave up that, that, uh, that drive on 13 seconds, 
and now we're rewarding them with an extra possession in overtime because they couldn't get it done in regulation. I think the point is to end the game, not prolong it. And I think the NFL is just after money. This is a money grab because it's extra football, you know, extra viewers, blah, blah, blah. I just I don't see the point of it. I think it is actually hurting the game. Corey, thanks for the call. Amber, you threw your hands up. What do you think? Well, I, I first of all, the idea that we need to just end the game again, I, I don't quite know why we all want less football all of a sudden. I would say that ratings suggest otherwise, but it's not like this is going to go on indefinitely. We still have the sudden death rule on the back end, so we're still going to get some sort of conclusion. I think that the problem is the way that the overtime rules work previously constructed or are constructed currently for the regular season now is that so much of it comes down to a coin flip. So sure, the Bills should have stopped the Chiefs, blah, 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 yada, yada. Again, not fair. Not both teams had to stop anybody. We didn't get to see both defenses out there on the field, and we didn't get to see both offenses out there on the field. Now we get that opportunity, and the reason we didn't get to is, hey, coin flip, and that's what feels too random about this moving forward. Yeah, and it is all about money. We'll we'll keep getting some thoughts on this. Plus, the new overtime rule, not the only rule that the NFL could be adopting. We'll ask an insider what to expect next. But before we do that, let's get to this from Indeed. If springtime is kicking your hiring season into full bloom, then you need Indeed. Their powerful all-in-one hiring platform makes it simple to attract, interview, and hire candidates all in one place. Just sponsor a post, get matched instantly with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. You can even conveniently schedule and conduct virtual video interviews right from the Indeed website. Now, isn't that fancy? All you got to do is visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. What's the NFL going to do next? We'll ask an insider, ESPN Radio, Amber Wilson, Jason Fitz. ESPN Radio. It's ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN Plus. Amber Wilson, Jason Fitz, hanging out with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Did the NFL get it right with the new overtime rules? If you're just tuning in, you haven't heard it yet. What they've decided to do now is for the postseason only, they're going to let each team be guaranteed a possession, no matter what. And then if it's tied, they'll go to sudden overtime. So did they get it right? Amber and I, we disagreed earlier. It, it got heated. It was a battle. Go back and listen to it uh, on the podcast around plus. Uh, we're letting you uh, chime in. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Phil in South Carolina. Thanks for calling. What do you got, man? What's your thought on overtime? Hey, how you doing? Uh, how you doing, Amber? How you doing, Fit? I was Good. just calling in because um, I heard, well, I was listening to you talk about the diversity ruling in the NFL earlier yeah, today. Yeah, go ahead, Phil. Sorry about that. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it was just that I was, to me, the mandate does leave and uh, uh, like a kind of a bad taste in your mouth or maybe an uncomfortable feeling when you hear the word mandate. But when I think about it, if, if the conversation has to be had that, hey, the next person that we hire has to be a diversity hire, then the organization has already failed because that implies a lack of diversity already in the organization. And you would think that you would already just have people on the staff that fit the bill and like several people so that this conversation never has to come up. But if that, if, if we get into a room and we say, Hey, the next person we have to hire is diverse. Then, you know, I feel like you've already failed as an organization. 
That's a really good point, Phil. I appreciate the call. Thanks for chiming in. Sorry, I set you up wrong there. We'll get some thoughts on this and everything else going on in uh, Florida as the NFL owners are uh, and coaches are all hanging out talking. So to get some insight on that, we're joined by Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL reporter. Diana, thanks uh, as always for hanging out with us. What were your thoughts when you heard the overtime rule change today? Well, I just actually got back from Florida uh, at the owners meeting the last few days and uh, weather quite beautiful down there, by the way, just kind of land of uh, of heaven. Uh, but obviously the, the big storyline outside of what each team uh, was doing in terms of signings and trades was this overtime rule change. And, you know, the, the, the Tennessee Titans proposal was one uh, that, that I actually really liked. Uh, I think it had potential to maybe be a little gimmicky, uh, but I, I like that idea that you had to take more of a chance here. But the fact that we're going to be able to see the quarterbacks here get an opportunity on both teams uh, to basically see what you can do, um, I think is smart. You know, you look around the league, you see how much these clubs are paying for their quarterbacks and how much fans want to see their quarterback with the ball. Uh, I think this is this is just going to make it really fun, and I think it's smart business. Diane, I understand that there were multiple proposals on the table at these owners' meetings when it comes to the overtime rules. This is obviously the one that was adopted, but I also understand that there's a lot of resistance to changing the overtime rules in the regular season. Why are owners so resistant to that? It, it surprised me because essentially it boils down to more football, and I would have thought that owners want more football even if it's just for a matter of minutes. No, it's such a great question because I actually was speaking to some members uh, that are on the actual competition committee that go over these proposals and submit them. And, you know, I'd ask the same question because my thought was, if you're going to change this rule, let's do it in the regular season and postseason. Just make it just this is how it goes. Uh, and for, from what I could understand, first of all, there was a lot of resistance to begin with to just even pass any change in overtime. And, and there, there's definitely an older mentality at times of people that still have that mindset. There are owners that just don't want to do it differently, right? That's just like the basic uh, way of life. And I think that applies to a lot of different things, not just football. Um, but I think when they started to hear the idea uh, essentially of, of kind of what I was alluding to of, you know, wait, we pay these guys a lot of money at the quarterback position and look at what we're doing now, especially when you see their salaries. Uh, this is the only way to go. This is smart. This is just good for everybody, good for the fans specifically. You know, you like to think that they keep the fans uh, as at least a top three thought uh, when they're doing these things. Uh, but but the fact that they're not able, I feel like it, it was like kind of like, all right, we'll give on the change, but we're not going to do the regular season. Um, you know, and, and and now it'll make – you know, the, the optimistic or the maybe positive spin on it is it will certainly heat up the, the, the playoffs um, even even more because it's something that we haven't seen all year long. We're talking to ESPN NFL reporter Diana Rossini on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson, Jason Fitz, you're hanging out with. Uh, so I've been professional long enough, Diana. You were down there. You got some insight. You keep talking about fans and quarterbacks and money. That just makes me think about my guy Derek Carr. How much, uh, like, when, when can I celebrate an extension for Carr, and how rich is he going to be? <laughs> uh, I think he's going to be richer. I don't think he's going to be the richest, uh, which I don't think surprises you. Um, I, I've gotten the sense even even during, right after the offseason, pretty much when McDaniels took over, 
uh, this, I, I always got the, the the vibe there coming out of that organization um, that they were going to stick with Derek and, and they weren't going to even pick up calls and, and, and see if they could move him. Um, I think it was one of those where fans thought that there was a better chance of that happening than I, I think the, the, the Vegas Raiders. Um, I don't know when this deal is getting done. I don't. I, I, I just, from what I can understand, there's just commitment to him. There's excitement to him. Uh, and he's considered to be one of those quarterbacks. I know they view him as a guy that, that, that is a leader. Um, I had a great conversation uh, with a coach in, in West Palm, excuse me, in Palm Beach, uh, about we actually went through the whole league and it'd probably be a fun segment to do of, you know, who is a legit alpha? Who is a legit leader um, that you can't even question? And Derek Carr was obviously a name that came up and, and the people at the table uh, all said uh, alpha, you know, and, and, and we laugh at like, it's a funny thing to call a quarterback, but when you actually go through the list, they're not all alphas and, and you see a result uh, you see a positive result and you see success when you, when you point out the ones that are. Of course, Jason Fitz would slide a Raiders question in there, Diana. I'm taking the rest I, of the show off. I, I appreciate you uh, placating to him there, though. Uh, let me ask you another question about these owners' meetings because uh, the overtime rules change, not the only rules change that we saw coming out of these owners' meetings. All 32 NFL teams are going to hire a minority offensive assistant coach for the 2022 season. The coach can be a female or a member of an ethnic or racial minority, an expansion of the Rooney rule. What are your thoughts on this rules change? And are you surprised that they were able to get this done? Um, I'm not surprised because there's been such an initiative to, to see difference and get results. My, my perspective on it though is, when you look around the league and you look at the coaches that are in positions that they are in, um, yes, can they call plays? They can. They know football. They're smart. But the ones that I think have the most success and, and are able to change the direction of organizations are ones that are leaders, ones that understand how to command a, a room, a team, how to connect with players. Um, and for me, my, my, my thought on this has always been there's got to be more on the coaches and even on ownership here to work in that space to identify leaders. Uh, this isn't an X and O's thing as much. And, and I apologize for the reference again, but it's like go through the, the league again. Go through every team and let's name, you know, we can, in your head right now, name some quarter uh, of some head coaches and yeah, they're smart, but most of them are in that position because they command. And and I think that's the area and it, and it can be complicated, but I think just assigning at this point may not get you the best result of getting more diversity, which needs to be, uh, it needs to happen. But I think finding different ways to, to, to find that talent, those, those, those that can command is, is the challenge that I'd love to see happen over the next few years versus just guys that you think have potential to be good, um, you know, looking at tape and, and, and sitting in a meeting. You guys can follow her on Twitter at Diana ESPN. As always, my friend, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, guys.
Great work from Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL reporter. Did you know you can listen to ESPN Radio commercial-free? That's right. You can listen to all your favorite ESPN Radio shows and much more without the ads on TuneIn, the best audio app for sports fans. Just download the TuneIn app to get started. You guys are fired up. Did the NFL get it right with the new overtime rules? 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. We'll let more of you chime in next. ESPN Radio, Amber Wilson, Jason Fitz. ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson, Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio. Amber, we found something out today as we were preparing the show. We found out that we have a shared love of uh, seltzer water, uh, flavored waters in per- particularly. But then we also found out that we have a shared passion. And I'm not sure that you want to go down this road with me because your menchies will never be okay again. But uh, I think I finally found a, a, a sister in my belief that pie is overrated. Well, it's funny because I didn't have any idea that this was a Jason Fitz special, and apparently it is a Jason Fitz radio special to bring up pie. So you had very innocently asked me when we were doing mic checks before the show, what kind of soda do you drink? And I said, well, I don't really. I drink sparkling water. I'm pretty boring like that. Flavored sparkling waters. And you and I became best friends because you and I like the same brands and the same types of sparkled flavoring water. And then you brought up pie or somebody asked me about pie. And I said, well, pie generally is highly overrated with one Mm -hmm. exception being key lime pie, which is the most glorious thing I've ever had in my life. And I'm a Floridian. I'm from Florida. I live in Florida. Florida knows how to do key lime pie. Uh, Key West and the Keys, the Florida Keys, know how to do key lime pie. If anybody is ever down in the Keys, you absolutely have to get some key limes fresh from Florida and get yourself some key lime pie. It is phenomenal. All other pie, meh. See, and this is where we also agree because the one caveat for me has always been key lime pie. And I said that once on radio when I was hanging out with uh, Bobby Carpenter and uh, we were talking about it. And all of a sudden, before you know it, Bobby's buddy that's a chef starts blowing us up. And he's like, of course, because did you know key lime pie is not part of the pie family? It's actually considered a tort or a tart. It's because the shell is underneath it and it's not a traditional pie crust and it has no covering over the top of it. It is not a traditional pie. So see, now you can suddenly come in and say, as I say with such confidence, if you want to come all the way to the dark side of the forest, pie's trash. And after I follow up pie's trash, when people are like, yeah, but what about key lime pie? Key lime pie and cheesecake, they're torts. So don't, don't at me with that. Anything with the graham cracker crust is a delight. Anything with a graham cracker crust is a delight. So does that make pumpkin pie then a a tart as well because it doesn't have a covering on it? I feel like there's a lot of pies in the pie category that don't have coverings. Uh, It's a combo, though. The covering covering and the underneath is like, and then like if it's topped with fruit or something, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like we need to get this chef back on for another discussion because pecan pie, also graham cracker crust, no covering on top. Is that not a pie? Uh, it's half decent at Thanksgiving. Uh, I can I can do a little pecan. It uh, ain't key lime. She's walking it back. She's walking it back. These are all trash pies. Key lime pie is the only pie that is worth it. Uh, Amber, you were you had me right until then, but then then we lost it. We lost it at that point. We'll, we've got hours to figure it out though together. ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson, Jason Fitz, hanging out with you on this glorious Tuesday afternoon. We're also on the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80 and ESPN Plus. 
We've asked you guys to get in on the fun. Did the NFL get it right with the new overtime rules? Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. We'll get to your calls in just a second. Amber, I thought it was a little surprising. We just talked to Diana Rossini, and she said that there were a lot of owners that were hesitant to make any change. But one one thing you've asked a couple of times that I think is worth sort of re-mentioning here is why make the change for the playoffs and not for the regular season? Like, I would think if you're going to just go willy-nilly and try a change, maybe you do that like the first two weeks of the regular season. Or like, I don't know that I'd be like, hey, let's just try something new in the playoffs. Like, it, that doesn't, I don't love that. Right. I mean, I guess that the reasoning for that being that the playoffs, the stakes are so high, you want to try to find some semblance of fairness in the way that games end. And this makes it more fair. We're not at a perfect system. We're never going to be at a perfect system. There's no perfect way to end games if they don't end in regulation in the way that we are accustomed to them ending and not in a tie, Jason Fitz. But at least this gets us one step closer where, hey, both teams get the opportunity to possess the ball. And so we do it when the stakes are the highest it just seems strange to me that they would be against it period because again it's more football and isn't that what the owners are always pushing on us and listen I don't know if America's complaining it has worked out at every turn but we have football almost every day of the week now so I'm very very surprised that in this world where we have football all sorts of times and Thursday nights and every everything else and, and during the postseason on Saturdays and everything else that we've seen over the years with the expansion of the NFL, that this is where NFL owners would draw the line. Oh, no, not during the regular season. We can't get an extra few minutes here in terms of a possession to the other team. I, I think it might be what Diana said, though. People are just resistant to change, right? Older people in particular, maybe a little more resistant to change. I think she's, you know, I think she's the, talking to me not, right there. That's not the I think. spring chickens there in, in mm-hmm. NFL ownership. Jason Fitz also, we learned, mm-hmm. a little resistant to change. Maybe not a spring that. chicken. I mean, I'm just yeah, saying. Right. Uh, Stu in Vegas. Uh, Stu, thanks for calling the show, man. What do you got? How are we doing? Uh, two exceptions to your pie rule. Is a good lemon meringue and a baked Alaska is considered a pie. It's a top three dessert on the planet. See, both of those um, seem like tarts to me. Mm, Far yeah. more than pies. <laughs> this tart thing's never going to end the loop, you know? <laughs> Dude, uh, what do you think of overtime? Right on the overtime rule. I'm in the car, so I don't have the exact number, but the difference between who scores first in overtime as to the regular season, regular season is like 43, 57. It's, it's not that far apart. It's about 85 or 90% in playoffs. So they did it basically to just try. They don't care. And for the diversity thing, let's just listen. If they're making up the position, it's like saying, hey, you have to hire an intern, okay? So they're getting paid. Somebody's learning. Some teams will draft better ones. Some people won't. We can't, you know, white people can't keep thinking they're getting screwed on this. You're not losing a position. Yeah, well, and I don't sit here and think, by the way, to any as somebody that's a middle-aged white guy, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, my God, this is taking away opportunity. Uh, I, that That's never been part of my point. So, uh, And you're right that certainly you could go out and get a an intern and, and bring an intern on into this problem, uh, into the, the position. I, I It is an interesting thought uh, with the overtime in general, uh, the, the way he was just talking about it. The, but that comes back to what I was saying earlier, Amber. Like, I just don't know that you can do – if, if we're going to say that winning the coin toss wins 85% of the games, there's still going to be that inevitability of both teams score. So that's, again, that just falls into the bucket of like, I don't love sudden death. I just don't think this fixes sudden death, which would, means I don't love the solution. It would lower the percentage, though, ultimately. I would imagine. I mean, we haven't been in this situation, but I would imagine the fact that both teams get to possess before we then go back to sudden death would probably lower the percentage some 
in terms of those numbers he just threw out. Yeah, if you're they probably I mean, you're probably right. And I don't I, I don't have him in front of me. So don't at me if he was wrong. It's his fault. Uh, in the meantime, you guys can keep chiming in. We love getting your thoughts on the overtime rule. We'll keep taking your calls. But next up, should the Lakers shut down LeBron for the remainder of the season? We'll answer that question. Amber Wilson, Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio.